Hello and welcome to PostgreSQL, a weekly show about all things PostgreSQL. I'm Michael, founder of PG Mustard. This is my co-host Nikolai, founder of PostgreSQL AI. Hey Nikolai, what are we talking about today? Hi Michael, let's talk about upgrades. Again, your choice, as usual, very boring topic, which I don't like, but which all need to do it. I like to be always running the freshest version, including minor version of Postgres. But no, we don't have CI/CD with automatic deployments to all <laughs> Postgres installations, unfortunately, right? That's one of the reasons I really like this topic, though. I think it's something that a lot of people want to be often on the latest version, or there's there'd be benefits for doing that. But there's enough uh, downsides, or there's there's enough friction at the moment. It's not always easy for people to be on the latest versions, and there can be quite a lot of work involved. So I wanted to make like to discuss that a little bit, things that we can do to minimise that, or give people tips on on things to look out for. But yeah, I was actually surprised how many people... I did a quick poll before the episode on social media, and I, I think about a third of people are like you. They like to upgrade it every year, which is... Well, I guess that doesn't necessarily mean they're on the latest version. Well, I but like to upgrade are. at least once per quarter if we talk about minor upgrades. <laughs> right. and yes, so should we go to that first, actually, in terms of what the differences are? Yeah, let's discuss. So minor upgrades uh, is uh, like security or bug fix upgrades. They don't change in terms anything in terms of functionality, um, most often. Sometimes uh, some features are. And uh, major upgrades are every year we have big uh, major Postgres version, new one, with a lot of new things, usually very good ones. So yes, so in terms of it's it's not as it's not like some projects, right? So some projects you get kind of semantic or semver. And they will only they they will release new features in minor upgrades, whereas Postgres doesn't. And I think that's really important. I think not only will they only release new features in major versions, it also means a major version does not necessarily mean breaking changes. Whereas in other some other platforms, a major version will bring breaking changes. Naturally, it's also the only place Postgres will uh, introduce breaking changes. But it doesn't mean there are, I think they're quite rare, actually. I think Postgres is really good at maintaining backwards compatibility. So I think sometimes people think like, maybe they're a bit too scared of major versions in Postgres, whereas obviously you need to test. But it's if you read the release notes, there aren't many things that your existing system will stop being able to do. Right. Well, yes. So uh, speaking of differences between minor and major versions, it's still worth remembering that Postgres changed uh, versioning schema from three numbers to two numbers uh, roughly five years ago, right? When uh, Postgres 10 was released after Postgres 9.6. And this caused two issues. Some people started to think that uh, there is such version as 9, just major version 9, no, never existed. But some people, vice versa, they started to think that uh, if you check no, there's no different problem, sorry. Right? Or there was. I don't remember. So, yeah, I didn't see anybody confusing, for example, 10.0 and 10.1 and thinking those were two different um, yeah, I also major did. versions. Mm -hmm. But I did. I do see people referring back to like 9.5 and 9.6 as if they're the same version. But those, so if you, it's that's the time it changed, right? After the, the 9.6 was the last point release. Uh, so 9. Dots, oh, so I'm calling that a point release. Um, that was a major version and then we went to 10.0 and then we went to 11.0 being like the the next major one after that so even back when it was nine point something these were major versions that were released annually and yeah it's nice that 
now looking back, the oldest supported version is no longer confusing. So it must be more than five years ago, which is cool. But we still have some production systems with older version, unfortunately, unsupported and not upgraded yet, which lag in terms of upgrades a lot. I wanted to, uh, returning to this question, when to upgrade, there are two different, uh, also different directions. First, uh, we all want to be up to date and benefit from uh, all fixes, including security fixes, mm-hmm. and also from new features. Which, including performance-related features. And at the same time, my nature is more development nature. And although I advise a lot of ops people and companies in terms of uh, administration of Postgres, I, I always tell me tell like, like people that my nature is development. I always try to move forward with new features, new exciting stuff and so on. But of course, uh, over time, since I have many years of experience, uh, I developed some practices to avoid moving too fast and too early, too untested and so on. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there is big uh, idea. Let's not use the latest version because it's probably not uh, ready for our very serious production case. And this is reasonable. So there is, for example, when new major version is released, some people say, okay, I will wait until a couple of bug fix releases, right? Like, okay, now 15.0 released. I will install 15.2 only, right? I will wait. And this is reasonable because uh, bug fixes happen with a new major version released. A lot of new testing is happening in reality, in production testing, right? And you can benefit from it if you wait. But if everyone is thinking in this direction, (laughs) <laughs> imagine that uh, it will not be tested well in- enough so it's, it's well, i also think in practice it hasn't worked out well like that if you look back it's at least since i've been following postgres there haven't been major issues in the point point zero releases except for one occasion so in the last seven eight years there haven't been any m- huge issues in dot zero that weren't in dot one except for 14.0 which had the fixed which was only fixed 14.4 yes but exactly a, so you a lot of that's the only example a lot of corruption cases happened as well and so on no in which other versions well in in all uh, versions something happens for example uh, cre- create and recreate index concurrently uh, this, is the, example. Yeah, this is the example concurrent? i'm talking about from 14 yeah. right Right, but there, there there were several problems with create index okay. concurrently and index concurrently. Not only in fourteen. Before also happened issues happened in thirteen. Where it appeared in twelve, I don't remember. In, in eleven, maybe right. Several like almost every year something happened with this unfortunate, uh, but very important functionality, which doesn't follow ACID principles because it can leave you with some leftovers, and this is not transactional, of course. But uh, under load, this is what you need, uh, create uh, index concurrently or index concurrently. So this is only one example. There, there were issues in GIST, some issues in GIN, in GIN, in GIN indexes, there were issues. Every release h- has some issues, measure this, always. Of, of course, some, right, but otherwise we wouldn't need bug fixes. But what right. all I meant was that the biggest issue I've seen in the last six, seven years wasn't fixed until .4. So anybody who waited until dot one or dot two 
didn't benefit from that strategy in that case yeah, anyway. That makes sense. But this example shows uh, the downside of these uh, tactics. Uh, let's let's await a couple of bug fix releases. I agree with yeah. you. Uh, and and also, well, security bug fixes happen at any time. Well, it can yes. happen with dot ten, dot fifteen, any time. So well, until it's out of support, and that's the other thing driving upgrades, right? If you if you want security fixes, you need to be on a supported version of Postgres. And that's quite important because eventually, yeah. like, it, there's a nice window. Five years is a nice window in terms of length, but it's also not that long. Like, for large enterprises, by the time you've tested an upgrade, maybe you've, that's taken you six months to a year, you've already lost one of those five years. And then you need to start testing the new one before that one gets out of support. So even large companies are probably having to look at this at minimum on a three to four year horizon. So it's even if you're not doing it every year, even if you're waiting, like, so it's not the latest version and then you, and then you want to be, make sure you're on a supported version, your window isn't that long, but it's long enough. I think, I, I think it's a very good policy. Yep. So uh, long story short, we want to have, uh, if we are good uh, Postgres ecosystem citizens, we should uh, start using new major version earlier as soon as possible on maybe smaller databases or less critical databases first to help testing and so on with in production. I mean, here I, uh, testing, I mean, uh, using in production and deliver feedback and so on. And, and if bugs happen, okay, you participated uh, and found something. But uh, I understand those who wait a little bit also. I understand them. Yeah, I think also if you if you've got a system that would particularly benefit from a new feature like if you've got let's say it, it might not be one of your more critical ones but there might be another reason that you that you can take that risk with a, a different database right if, if the benefits of the new feature might outweigh some of that risk so I, i've definitely seen some people skip some major versions if there's there's not any major features in there that would make a big difference for them, but then go quite quickly onto the next major version because there is a feature that's particularly interesting that would help them a lot with some other problem. So I, I, I've seen that strategy a little bit as well, kind yeah. of picking and choosing. Or, or since like upgrade m might require a lot of efforts from many people, sometimes uh, companies have major upgrades only once per two years just to save on overhead because it's painful still, a lot yeah. of a lot of pain there but minor upgrades let's talk about minor upgrades yeah do you think uh, it's worth upgrading always to the very fresh version in terms of minor upgrade for example if i'm on 13 yeah i i want which version i, I can't keep track it's <laughs> okay. probably the number of quarters since it's, the since it's the printed on the main page always uh, uh well, not always, but uh, latest releases and so on. So now it's 13.10. Right, so it's nice two, about two and a half years since it came. 11th upgrade, 11th minor version in this major branch. So a good question. I'd say most of the time, yes. I don't see much downside to upgrading minor versions. It, there's very, it's, we're I guess we're going to talk quite soon about some of the difficulties of major version upgrades, but we don't have those with minor versions. A lot of the cloud providers make it extremely easy. To but they lag. They always lag. They, because they do. Sorry, but for minor versions, they're quite good. Um, no, no. Oh, okay. I, I mean, it uh, depends, but sometimes it's several weeks. And if it's security bug, sure. it's not good. Yeah, agreed. So yeah, what do you think? Do you think it, there's no that you should always be I on think, the latest minor version? Yes, I think yes, but mm -hmm. you still need to test it. Some uh, yep. 
some automated testing should some workflow should be developed like tested first on lower environments for a couple of days and then release and also extensions they also have, they have some of their own life cycle except those which are contrib modules inside postgres distribution postgres yep. contrib so they also require testing and i had uh, bad incidents uh, causing sec faults uh, when some extension was released or not properly tested and it happened to reach some critical production system not released like not tested in both cases by developers who decided to release it and by sres who who just forgot to put it to some stop list for upgrades to proper test to pro- and they had a, a automatic upgrade of the extension using yeah. it was centos or ubuntu i don't remember but it was some automatic upgrade of packages uh, without proper testing so two mistakes and we have bad consequence uh, some testing is needed but uh, in general you, you should be on the latest version in terms of minor upgrades and there is a perfect resource uh, to check the diff in terms of functionality why upgrade depeche.com why do why upgrade with dash dot depeche.com always recommended yeah it's fantastic it's really good for major versions too i like that they give kind of big red warnings for security issues um it's quite a nice resource if anybody's ever interested in being able to search like text wise as to whether like there've been any changes to a certain feature or any commits with m- mentioning a certain feature in the last couple of major versions or if you want to see what's in specific minor versions it's a really good resource should we talk through the options people have for major version upgrades let me confuse uh, you here uh, you, you i just wanted to point out i saw on why upgrade there is also diff in options for major versions which options were removed which were added in terms of configuration yes so like configuration yes yes so it's it, it has it as well also useful because uh, not only uh, like uh, entries in release notes but also configuration options diff which probably uh returns us also to another resource uh, i i mentioned quite often postgreskelcode.nf to deal with uh, details about configuration options for different versions major versions yeah so, right there's one other resource that i've forgotten the name of but Ryan Lambert from Rustproof Labs released it and it will it will show you not just the config like it will show you any defaults that have changed as well I'm not sure if the Depes one does that. So like if it's an existing configuration option but the default has changed. Default um, is very 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 fragile topic because Yeah. there is default defined uh, in uh, yeah. uh, Postgres source code and uh, there is also default which sometimes is different for example for shared buffers uh, which is defined by official PostgreSQL package apt or rpm package. And uh, you which default are you talking about? I think he builds from source so I suspect it's that one. The, uh, that one you probably see uh, when you select from pg settings. There is a reset value or something there and this is default came from sources but usually people don't have different defaults slightly. So if you check how postgresql for example apt package is uh, created then you will see that it, it overrides some defaults. So it's interesting topic. Yeah. I think what these sites are good for is kind of giving you like reminders of things to check. Like you should still do your own checks, right? It's not that you right. should treat these as gospel. It's more that they remind that you oh, these some of these settings might have changed as well. Does what's that like in your system? Is does your cloud provider change it to something different? Like does your cloud 
like it, you, it, it gives you an idea. I, I understand, I understand. Yeah. but I think it's. I find them a good reminder of things that I should be checking. Like, should like is are there things that I would have forgotten to without looking at some of these tools? Right. Well, yes. So regarding minor upgrades, how do we do it? I prefer doing it with minimal downtime. Mm-hmm. It's possible to do it almost without downtime if you, if you have uh, some uh, proxy connection puller in the middle uh, supporting pause resume approach like PG Bouncer does. It's possible. Uh, others, others also try to implement it, I see. So, but it's slightly different topic. Uh, my main advice here is don't forget to issue explicit checkpoint because if you just restart, you, you, you need to restart Postgres. You need to, your uh, minor upgrade is just replacement of binaries, basically. Like, like you, new binaries, you need to stop using old ones and start using new ones. So it's a restart. But a restart, if it's done just straightforwardly, like not thinking about what's happening, under heavy load, uh, with higher max, max wall size, if someone tune checkpoint properly, restart might take time, significant time, because uh, Postgres, uh, when uh, shutdown attempt is occurs, Postgres uh, first executes a shutdown checkpoint to flush all dirty buffers to the disk. So to to save, basically to save all pages which are not safe uh, from memory to disk, obviously, right? But while it's Postgres is doing this, no new queries are accepted. So clients start observing errors. And if it takes a minute in heavy loaded clusters, it might take a minute. It's not good. So instead of this, instead of just allowing Postgres implicitly do every, everything, you issue explicit checkpoint right before you restart. In this case, shutdown checkpoint will not have work to do. Right? So you yeah, already say, well, a little bit. Because the... Like how much of buffers happened to became dirty again? Dirty means like change, changed in memory, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just a few, right? Like if you do explicit checkpoint, just SQL checkpoint under super user, and then immediately restart. Immediately after it, well, not immediately, of course, everything has duration, right? You restart only a few uh, buffers are now dirty, and shutdown checkpoint have just little work to do. And yep. restart becomes fast. I see problem here that Postgres doesn't tell somehow, like it could tell, there is opportunity here, but it's for uh, improvements of Postgres. There is opportunity to suggest what Postgres is doing right now in terms of this shutdown checkpoint. For example, every one second it could report to logs or to output, uh, like uh, shutdown checkpoint, like progress bar or something, like 20% done or something, right? Because some people, I've observed it many times, some people issue restart or stop for Postgres service and after 10-15 seconds they become very nervous not understanding that it's still doing some work and they start doing very crazy bad things for example kill minus 9 issue and kill and so on and then this is like not good at all uh, you already have a crash basically and need to recover and then during recover also they have similar issue not understanding and what is Postgres doing right now? If you check PS, what I do usually, I check PS during recovery time. If if it happens that you we have recovery, and in, in PS in detailed um, in top, for example, top uh, you run top and then press C, you see common details. 
And there you will see details for Postgres, even if it's still starting up and doesn't allow connections, you will see LSN and it's progressing. This is the most important, I just discussed it earlier today on different topic, the most important uh, progress bar UX feature is to let you know that something is, is happening for good, right? So some good work is being done right now. Yeah. Unless, uh, if you do, don't have it, you can start be very nervous and do mistakes. So this is what we have, I have in my mind, uh, speaking of restarts and for minor upgrade, we just need to care about restart. Well, some other features like what about extensions as well? Do you want to upgrade them at the same time? If, if they ha Oh, of course you need to check release notes. That's why we mentioned why upgrade because the release notes might, might, might tell you that, for example, you need to index some indexes. Yes. No, we, we, we're not talking about, I, I guess actually, yeah, for even for, I was thinking it shouldn't be true famous. for minor versions. Yeah, I was thinking it shouldn't be true for minor versions, but exactly right, yeah. Um, really good point. Uh, for, fortunately, if, if you check what happened carefully, for example, for 14.4, mm -hmm. it told that some indexes might be corrupted. Well, we have some tools to check which indexes are corrupted, at least for B3. There is official yeah. tool, I'm check. It does work for gene and gist indexes yet. There is work in progress, still not committed. But uh, for B3, we have quite powerful tools. So if you don't want to re-index everything, also you can plan to re-index everything just for, for your safety to get rid of loads and so on. But if you don't don't want to do it during downtime, because for 14.4 we require downtime, unfortunately. Yeah. Or if unless you involve logical replication, we talk about it. We will talk about it in a minute. So you need to find exactly which indexes are already corrupted and index them. Well, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think that it, that would give you quite a high degree of um, detail safety. But equally, uh -huh. you, it Amcheck will tell you that an index is definitely corrupted, but it can't tell you for sure that an index is not corrupted so i would still be nervous like if especially around 14.4 i would have still in re-indexed everything personally i think you are not right uh, i remember problems that early versions of uh, gist and gin support in arm check which is still in progress they had uh, false positives telling that uh, some index is um, well there are different types of corruption first of all yeah. Right. Okay. And when we check heavily, and this check requires some exclusive, not exclusive, but some heavy locks of blocking at least either DDL or writes. I don't remember exactly. So you sh you cannot do it on the primary just just online. You need to do it on some uh, copy of your database. So if they if the tool says nothing, it's it's indeed nothing in terms of what it checked. So no false negatives. Okay, this is this confuses me. I thought it was the other way around. I think I might have even made this mistake before. I'm getting deja well, vu. I might be mistaken as well. Worth, worth, worth double, double checking. But in uh, real life, we used we like we could not afford the indexing everything uh, like during downtime or immediately after. I actually I, I think for this case when we do minor upgrade, if we know already that we have already. Corruption, we found it. Uh, well, we can do it online after a minor upgrade and prob probably think about consequences of this kind of corruption. It depends on the application. 
how what exactly happened and so on. But well, of course, worth checking how Amcheck is, is working. It's like it requires additional expertise. I, I don't remember everything. I, I'm checking myself all the time as well. I, I can share only my mistake. I did it twice. I thought Amcheck uh, cannot be par- uh, cannot work in parallel. Of, of course, if you want to check, it's like with indexing as well. Sometimes you, n- you need to move faster, like uh, parallelization of analyze and some processes uh, useful during upgrades. So Amcheck can be executed with dash J option if it's CLI tool, PGM check. And I keep forgetting about it. And I have uh, several versions of my own implementation for parallelization of Amcheck. So don't be like me, just use the existing tool. It supports it. While we're in this area of like talking about corruption, I feel like it might be sensible to discuss glibc versioning. And, oh, like, but it's OS. more about major upgrades. Sometimes people true, try true, true. to combine combine several big changes in, in once because it's it's stress sometimes you need some downtime most often you need downtime to plan downtime when you run pg upgrade uh, even if if uh, dash dash k or dash dash link so hard links involved should be fast like like a minute or two but still it's a minute or two you need to plan it or then also you need analyze probably in stages depending on application if your application works well when default statistics target is low, so uh, rough statistics, still it's either downtime or no, like depends. But overhead is significant and sometimes management might decide to combine multiple steps in one. And if you change, for example, operational system version, switching from old Ubuntu, for example, 16.04 is already out of picture in terms of support we need to change. Every GLPC version change is, should be checked very carefully in terms of possible corruption. So, uh, again, like uh, check is very important there. But in general, if you can afford not doing multiple big steps in, in one step, not, not merging them, I would do separate upgrades for operational system, separate upgrade for Postgres major version, probably hardware. Hardware is easier usually, and so on. Just because it reduces the risks of being in a situation when you don't understand what caused some issue. Like you upgraded, you see it's something goes wrong and you start, you have wider field to analyze what, what is like the possible uh, reasons of it, right? So root cause also analysis. Also they multiply, like, right? they, like it could be one, it could be the other, it could mm, be both. Dependencies. Like it, so you have so many, exactly, yeah. So root cause analysis uh, in case of issues after upgrade might be very expensive and pro- problematic. So if you can afford doing separate steps, you should afford doing separate steps. This is my usual advice. But uh, it, of course, uh, real life uh, sometimes tell us, let's, um, let's combine steps. In this mm-hmm. case, uh, just proper testing and so on. I kind of forced us onto major versions of upgrades, I guess. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about on the minor version upgrade side? Well, mana upgrades, that's it. I, I, my advice is checkpoint, and that's it. I, I don't know what else to mention there. So I don't, I don't yeah. think so either. Only that the security patches come out. Like, I think they come out every quarter unless there's a really big security issue. Yeah, there so is schedule. To... Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you Google Postgres version uh, policy or something, there is a wiki page yeah. uh, describing the schedule. I'll so, make yeah. sure to share that. And that they get backpatched to old versions for about five years a little, little bit longer i think but not right. much and um, those those uh, uh, reasons usually happen on thursdays nice so just <laughs> i just, didn't know that 
It's like my, my favorite game is released on Thursdays as well. It's in virtual reality. And I think just people want to have Friday for, for to react to, to issues, not, not weekend, right? So it makes sense, right? Fair enough. Cool. All right. So major versions. We've mentioned a couple of things already. PG Upgrade briefly talked about Logical. Do you have like favorites in different scenarios? How do you tend to approach things? It's like let's be brief because we already mm-hmm. approaching our limit in terms of time True. and uh, this is of course a huge topic a huge topic oh i have a recommendation it was it your you did a panel discussion was it Twice. recorded yeah it was one no ah oh, that was good i i think there might be anyway i'll look for that if there's a recording of that it was no, great it was not recorded okay so, uh, yes, but there isn't some article uh, <laughs> with some summary we, we can attach it. So, if you uh, want to upgrade with, uh, like, right now the standard de facto is using PG upgrade in place, yep. upgrade. It involves dumping schema, create, creation of new, new uh, cluster. Cluster means like the PG data directory. And uh, then dumping, restoring schema. And then dash k speeds things very well hard links and then uh, you already can open gates and analyzing stages first query plans query execution plans will be not good because statistics is not yet uh, yet, uh, collected but uh, analyzing stages starts from very rough statistics uh, low number of of buckets and then jumps 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 and then finally you have uh, property. I, I would like to recommend looking at all nuances here, uh, how Alexander Kukushkin implemented this in Spilo, uh, part of PostgreSQL uh, operator for Kubernetes from Zalando. Uh, Alexander also is maintainer of Patroni. So Alexander implemented it very well in Python, checking also things about extensions and so on. And already, I suppose it already very well battle tested at Salando, where they have a lot of clusters. Yeah. Uh, so, so they already, I think, upgraded. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm almost sure they upgraded a lot of clusters. Uh, we can check with Alexander in Twitter. He's active on Twitter sometimes, so we, you can ask him there. So, Alexander, by the way, just a side note, it's, he's not on, at Salando anymore. He's working at Microsoft. Patroni recently started to support Citus. It's interesting. But anyway, this is, in my opinion, very good implementation of automation around PG upgrade. Because Postgres lacks a lot of things to automate these things. You need to you need to automate many steps. It's not like a button and that's it. Right? So, yeah, uh, yeah unfortunately, uh, this is a, a problem. But then there is also approach involving logical replication to minimize downtime almost to zero. Not really zero because you need to to switch over, to implement switch over, to execute switch over. And during during switch over, some of your users will see some errors. So it's not zero downtime. It's like, it's so-called near zero downtime. Yeah. And by the way, if before switch over, you also don't forget about checkpoints on older versions which require restarts during checkpoint. And Patroni restarted all nodes during switchover. This is important. In this case, uh, they happen faster. Uh, newer versions, uh, promotion is uh, implemented better in a, in a better way. So, speaking of logical, usual approach is, if you have not big databases, is to initiate logical replication to new cluster. Basically, data will be brought there at logical level Think about it like dump restore. Eliminating bloat, good side effect, right? 
But uh, this also happens involving quite long transaction resource. And sometimes uh, this process cannot converge if you have dozens of terabytes under heavy load. It's very hard to use it. But for smaller clusters, you have logical replication. It's working. And then you just switch over there. Good thing here that you can do many additional steps while logical is working. You can re-index some indexes, fixing any issues. You yep, can sure. adjust some things compatible. Of course, logical has a huge list of limitations. Still, they are being improved in 15. Postgres 15, a lot of improvements. In 16, there will be more improvements. For example, in general, you should think about sequences. Sequences need to be synchronized. Otherwise, after switchover, you will have overlapping usage of old values. So, And basically, insert won't work if you have some sequences and some old tables. So you need to reset value to match all new value plus maybe some gap. If you use uh, integer 8 big int primary keys, you can afford making gaps like millions. Nobody will notice such big gaps because we, our capacity is huge. Yeah. And then you also need to think about blocking DDL during this procedure for existing versions yeah. because D DDL is not logically replicated. And several more uh, restrictions worth checking. But again, for larger clusters, this recipe doesn't work because we cannot simply cannot initialize such using this logical level. There is a trick. We can use physical standby converted to logical using recovery target LSN. Now we have, log we have logical replication and we can upgrade it initially and then switch over. Right? Thought I a month ago and I was mis mistaken because during P running PG upgrade, logical replication is uh, becoming inactive and we have some data loss there. So, so new like recipe, yeah. yeah. But there is new. By the way, there is a good discussion in PGSQL hackers. There is some hope that future versions of Postgres will allow you to use uh, logical and PG upgrade together officially. What I'm talking wow, here nice. is some recipes from not a good life. You know, we we, we try to invent uh, something for heavily loaded big systems, and there is such recipe. We instead of using a logical, conver converting physical to logical and then running PG upgrade. We just create a slot, allow physical to reach recovery target LSN matching the, the slot position in terms of LSN. Then we don't switch to lo using logical replication. We keep accumulating some lag on the slot, on the primary, old primary. And then we already run PG upgrade. It, it's very quick, right? We don't analyze, we analyze later. And then already we switch to using logical, cluster already upgraded. So we're just starting to use logical. We don't have any data loss in this recipe at all. And then we can analyze. We have quite good time to run analyze even without stages. We can analyze it for our recovery target. Yeah, yes, during this, we keep using logical. The only requirement here is to know 100% that logical will keep up. I mean, it will not lag. And here I also like, there are, it depends on workload. In some cases, wall sender is, is our bottleneck because it's single. You cannot uh, uh, paralyze this paralyze. one. Yeah. Right. If you have multiple wall senders, they all of them, they still need to parse whole wall stream. So if you had 100% CPU on one wall, wall sender, you will have uh, multiple wall senders uh, 
using 100% of multiple cores. Not good. But on the recipient side, we can use the trick parallelizing work among multiple slots and have multiple wall receivers and so on. And in this case, uh, part of our tables are processed by one logical replication stream, another part by others and so on. In this mm -hmm. case, we can move faster, keep lag lower, and uh, have, again, zero, zero, down, zero downtime upgrade for large clusters. Final trick, there is PG bouncer here. If you can afford post-resume, depending on the workload, you may have real zero downtime upgrade, right? But I never saw this recipe described anywhere. We just, like, some secret with testing right now. Maybe we will publish some article in some future. Definitely should. I see this come up from time to time, but honestly, most of the time, I'm, people I talk to don't have zero downtime as like a really hard requirement. If you can afford yeah. a few seconds or here or there, or like a little window every once every year or every couple of years for this, the options become much much simpler. So I, I tend to see people go that I, route. So, but yeah, for for huge systems under load, I can see how that's awesome. Right, and I agree, but sometimes we have a problem that, for example, if we have a small downtime, uh, it can cause requirements for additional downtime, like window start to grow, starts to grow, because, you know, like if we need to stop it for one minute, we need to stop some other components, and when you already have 10 minutes requirement, and then it grows to half an hour and so on, it's, it's not good. But I agree, in many cases, we can afford some brief downtime. In this case, a recommendation is to take care of your application code and make sure that uh, data loss doesn't happen in case of when database is down. And all systems should be resilient to brief outages. So or retries, even have like retries. a read-only. Or yeah, retries are great. Or have a read-only mode. Read-only mode plus, re plus retries for writes. Yep. This is the best approach and it should be used by all backend developers in my opinion. But the problem is usually they people like they understand it, but postpone. You know, like it's like with yeah, CI/CD yeah. coverage testing, we have good testing, but always room to improve and so on. But in in reality, you need to design your system for not to lose rights, uh, read-only mode, and test it regularly. For example, switchover. Okay, some rights failed, but users either didn't notice or they. They were told explicitly that the form is, was not safe or some data was not safe. Please retry explicitly press the button once one more time. The worst the worst implementations, we told the user we saved it, but database lost it. It's bad. <laughs> this is yeah. what can happen here. Yeah, not good. Cool. All right. Anything else you wanted to make sure we covered? Well, we didn't cover a lot of new, uh, small topics in the PG upgrade area. It's a big topic. How to benchmark properly, how to test it properly, it's a big topic indeed. But I think uh, it's good enough for this short episode. I think so. We can li we've, we'll link out to various of the things we mentioned, a couple of good resources on this, but hopefully given some people some good things to look into. Yeah. And I hope uh, future versions of Postgres will have better page upgrade uh, workflow, more automation around it, and so on. But uh, unfortunately, for example, this post-resume, which uh, is implemented in page bouncer, I don't have hope here because uh, all attempts to bring pooler inside Postgres failed, unfortunately. So pooler is considered as external thing, and uh, we cannot achieve real zero, zero, absolutely zero downtime using just Postgres core. We need additional pieces. So it makes things I wouldn't more... be shocked. Yeah. 
I wouldn't be shocked to see this solved at the operator level or the even the cloud provider level. Lots of cloud providers, like maybe or they'll Kubernetes work together operators, one day. Operators. Yeah, exactly. I think they do already this thing. I like hope I, so. I, I'm lagging. A lot of interesting things happen in development of Postgres operators for Kubernetes or Kubernetes operators for Postgres. How, how to, what, what's the right choice here? Uh, they know. automate more and more and more. Like, for example, I know Stagress has a lot of automation, including this, maybe not full, fully, but some parts of it, and they have cool. like indexing, index maintenance automation. We had an episode about it, and so on. So, yeah, I think this is a good area to ex- expect improvements from yeah. the developers of uh, operators. Nice one. Well, thanks again, Nikolai. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And catch you next week. Okay, bye-bye.